Is there not an entire section on this subject? I know yes. that I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Let Me Tell You, episode 28. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. Uh, this week, a uh, lot of stuff went on. I had a long, exhausting week. I may yawn a whole lot more than I normally do which is a lot anyway, um, literally I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's been such a crazy week. The last three days, uh, went to, saw, sat in and watched two debates with, uh, first one with uh, Jeff Durbin and Dr. James White, debating two atheists, one of whom um, was probably demon-possessed. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty convinced uh, that, yeah, that was, check it out, you know, Look for it online. I may do a little bit of a review about it on the Master's Dog or something like that in the next week or two. But uh, that was an amazing thing. Um, the next night, Friday night, a uh, conversation between Dr. James White and Alma Allred, uh, a teacher, professor at the University of Utah with the Institute of Religion. That was pretty cool. Saturday all day doing evangelism stuff. Um, I'll talk a little bit on here about the Kanye West Sunday service that happened here in Salt Lake City on Saturday. Um, I'll talk more about that. I'm going to do a Master's Dog episode just talking about Kanye West and, uh, and that whole deal. Um, but And then, of course, uh, Jeff Durbin preached at our church today and... We had a, a feast in the park and all this stuff. So it's just been a crazy, crazy week. Um, so bear with me. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I'm, I am exhausted. So we're going to jump in. We started out this week with an amazing, amazing picture of the gospel uh, with uh, the sentencing of um, Amber... Geyer, Geyer, I can't even pronounce her last name, Geyer, I believe. Um, she was sentenced uh, with to 10 years for killing Botham Jean, um, Jean, Jean, how do you pronounce his name? Um, young man, she apparently went into the wrong, she's a police officer in Houston, I believe, um, went into the wrong apartment. He lived upstairs from her. Uh, she apparently walked into his apartment thought he was an intruder, supposedly, and shot and killed him. And she was convicted of murder, uh, sentenced to 10 years. So there's outrage about that. But then, and we're going to look at the video here in a second, while giving their um, victim statements, the family, Botham's brother, Brant, uh, sits down and proceeds to give an amazing, amazing picture of the gospel. So I'm going to 
pull that up here and we are going to go ahead and watch uh, let this play out. I don't want to. No, no. Live video. Say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just. I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the thing, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're like not this. supposed to sorry. do. If you truly are sorry, I know. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And. I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did but I see I I personally want the best for you and I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone but I don't even want you to go to jail I want the best for you because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. That's, I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. So you got he's in tears, she's in tears, the judge is in tears, I'm in tears. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it is like to to lose your brother who is a believer in Christ, who is uh, you know 
I'm, apparently he was active in his church and, and so on. I don't know how you go from from losing your brother from somebody who, and I, again, I wasn't in this courtroom. I didn't hear the facts of the case. I don't know anything that was said or, or what the defense was or anything. This is my personal opinion. I don't know how you go walk into the wrong apartment unless you're drunk, walking into the wrong apartment and not recognizing that you're in the wrong place. I mean, I've lived in a lot of different places and I've, I've, <laughs> I've never walked into the, I shouldn't laugh. I, I've never walked into the wrong place and gone, well, hey, this is my house. No, that, you know, that their smells are different. The look is different. The decor is different. You have to know. So I, I don't know what went down. I don't know how they tried to defend this, but she went into the wrong apartment and she killed the man that lived there in the sanctity of his, of his own home, a place where he should feel safe. And she walked in and she shot him in the chest, took this man's life, and her and his brother uh, steps up and says, "I forgive you." Encourages her to go to to give her life to Christ. The judge apparently gave her, and of course, freedom from freedom from religion foundation. Don't quote me, bro. Dan Barker and um, his atheist ilk are are having another hashtag atheist tantrum that the judge gave her a Bible and apparently proselytized. Um, this woman is going to prison. You know what? Let's let the judge give her a Bible and show her John 3.16 or whatever verse she showed her and, and give it to her and encourage her and give her a hug. There is nothing wrong with that. Here's the big deal that came out of this. There is absolute outrage uh, about the sentence, which is understandable. I don't think she got the, the right sentence. She should have got 25 years, 30 years, life, you know. 10 years seems very, very lenient for murder. So I'm in, in agreement with anybody who thinks she didn't get the right sentence. I'm in absolute agreement. But Brandt, Jean, and bad sentencing, and it, and it wasn't the judge that sentenced her. That was the initial thought. Um, but it was a jury. So it's it's on the jury, the, the sentence that she got. Um but they're two different things, and it seemed to get conflated that if you were praising this young man for the show that he did, that's automatically you were like, oh, well, you know, you, you were not for a, the right amount of justice or any of those things. So there was outrage at, at those of us who were like, this is an amazing show of forgiveness. The two aren't mutually exclusive. We can be outraged about the wrong sentence, and we can be praising God that he's glorified through the actions of this young man. The two don't don't counsel each other out. Now maybe there were some people who were like letting this over overshadow everything else. And honestly, I think it should. You know, let's let's talk about maybe I don't know how we we go about getting the sentence to be appropriate. I don't know how that works or if it'll work or if just deal with it. It is what it is. The jury did what they did. Um, apparently now, as of today or yesterday, one of the guys that, that testified in this has been murdered as well, shot in the mouth. So that's a, a big conspiracy thing that's going down. But these two things 
don't cancel each other out. You can be outraged about the poor sentence and praise God that this young man gave such an amazing picture of the gospel. And you're not, you know, not anti-justice if you are excited about some this this kind of um, forgiveness and show of grace and and the gospel at work. And neither does it mean that if you are um, that you are angry because of the 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 lenient sentence that you're not excited about this. Again, the two aren't mutually exclusive. But I watched social media go just completely insane, where it was people were pitting against each other because of whether or not they they were supportive of this or not. And so it was a pretty sad thing to to watch play out in social media. But I was so encouraged. And, and again, I mean, the first time I watched it, even here now, it, it, it moves me to tears to watch this young man. Because, again, I, I can't imagine doing it. I don't know that, I mean, I would hope that as a Christian and being saved by Christ, if I'm ever in a situation like this, that I can have the same conviction of my beliefs that this young man did and, and to forgive the murderer of who, whichever loved one and to be able to step up and, and give a hug. Um, that was the other thing. That was another thing was it was somebody made some comment about black forgiveness and, and this being like a white supremacy thing that we expect, expect black forgiveness. And it's, it had nothing to do with color. Why do we have to continue to inject race into this? Yes, it was a white police officer killed a black man. But, and, a, and a black young man forgave her and hugged her. But it has nothing to do with race. This, maybe the murder did. And, and I'll, I'll stand back again. I don't know any of the, the, the facts of the case. I didn't see any of the trial. I don't know what was stipulated. So the murder may have had to do with race. But this young man forgiving her has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with white supremacy. And it, it's ridiculous to make a statement like black forgiveness. And there, there's my, whether it's popular or unpopular opinion, there it is. And I'm going to let it go from there. And then we're going to move into something a little more, hmm, do I call it lighthearted? I, I, I watched this and I laughed like crazy with uh, this lady, AOC apparently is having a town hall meeting and some, I don't know what group claimed responsibility for it, but when I, here's the deal, when I first watched it, I thought this was real. Apparently this second lady, and we're gonna, I'm also gonna jump over to the video for this. Um, How can if I we can get there. Um, we've got an ad going on, so. Let me skip that ad, and then we will watch the video, um, and I'll try not to laugh hysterically like I did the first time I watched it, but let's take a look at this uh, video from uh, Alexandria Cor Ocasio, I can't say your name, Ocasio-Cortez uh, Town Hall. crisis we only have a few months left i love that you support the green deal but it's not getting you know getting rid of fossil fuel is not going to solve the problem fast enough a swedish professor saying you know we can eat dead, dead people but that's not fast enough 
So I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. We don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now, please. You are so great. I'm so happy that you really support a nuclear deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. And this is very serious. Please give a response. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. All she can say is thank you. Okay. And the look on her face. No, we'll go ahead. It's a No, no, no. Yeah, no. Thank you. So I think. Yeah, no. So one of the things that's very important to us is that we need to treat the climate crisis with the urgency that it does present. Um, luckily, we have more than a few months. We do need to hit net zero in several years. Okay, so we gotta let that go. But So when I watched this the first time, I truly believed it. I was like, and, and that's what makes the troll so amazing. That's what makes this so, because it is, I mean, <sighs> climate change and with with the interview with uh, or the UN thing with Greta Thunberg or whatever her name is and the whole how dare you and an extinction and this has been blown so far out of proportion this has been blown so out of the way we are not in any danger of mass extinction because of global warming I don't believe it it's not true you know we look at evidence of the cyclical way that weather works in this country in, in our world and on this planet and we have watched when I was in school when I was in, in elementary school we were looking towards a new ice age and now we're gonna burn up and they talk about all the polar ice caps are, are gonna melt but yet the the shorelines of Antarctica because of, based on the satellites and so on are bigger than they've ever been so it's not true it is simply, simply not true. But there are so many true believers, because when I first saw it, I said, and I even tweeted it out, and, and I was fooled. Trolls got me. I'm usually the guy that's willing, that's going to go in and look into all this, but this seems so believable because there are people that are just so bought into this and so lost their minds over this stuff that I can see, if you, if you couldn't read the shirt, the new slogan for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is save the planet, eat the children. And, I mean, we've seen stuff like this. We've seen people, they keep talking about overpopulation and all this. If you truly believe that the world is overpopulated, I, I challenge you to fly over the United States sometime, coast to coast, and just look out of the airplane. There is so much open land available. We are nowhere near being overpopulated. I mean, we have huge cities and, and major, uh, you know, metropolitan areas where there are millions of people living in a, in a small area. But if it came down to it, we could spread out and we would be fine. That, that is, there's no threat of overpopulation. This planet can handle the people that are here. I firmly believe that. But this was hilarious to me.
And I believed it. I thought it was true. And I found it, I mean, heartbreaking that somebody would think, eat the babies, but it, it's a, it is a show of the foolishness of the left and the fact that everybody bought into it. This was so believable, and that's what makes a troll great, is when it's absolutely believable that that somebody would be so caught up in the the misinformation that has been fed to society about climate change that somebody would come up and have this attitude and this idea. So this was just a little troll thing. I, I, I tweeted out the debate that I watched with Dr. White and Jeff Durbin with the two atheists. The one atheist was like, uh, at the end, he's just so angry with, with God, um, mad at God that he, he got up and he, he poured a, a thing of antifreeze into a cup and was challenging the Christians to drink it because of a out of context, probably not even actually biblical section of scripture that says that we can drink poison and we'll be okay and, and so on, blah, 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 and hold snakes. And this is where you get the, the snake char or snake handlers and stuff like that. That is just simply ridiculous. But so my, it seemed like my week was like, or my day was, went from eat the babies, drink to was, it could be described as eat the babies, drink the antifreeze. But the same way that Dr. Clark, when he was in this debate, was just showing the foolishness of his of his worldview. This does the same thing. This portrays and and even though it was a troll, even though it was false, the fact that so many people were willing to believe it, even people on the left, were going, well, it's okay. I believe that there's somebody out there this crazy. Even people on the left believe that this woman was truly a true, such a true believer in climate change and mass extinction that she was willing to go as far as eat the babies. And it just shows the foolishness of the worldview. And that's a, that is not a bad thing. When, when people like this, when true believers come out, and again, the, the best troll in the world, Greta Thunberg was a, another great example. The greatest troll in the world is the genuine article. You know, I don't know that maybe AOC is also a, a, a true believer, but I don't know that all of the people on the left, all the Democrats that are out there, I don't believe they're all true believers in climate change. I think that they, they know that that's a, a great way to raise money. It's a fundraising thing, but um, I truly don't think that they all believe it, but there are those that are out there that actually do, and those are the ones that that absolutely show the foolishness of the worldview. Greta Thunberg, how dare you? You know, we are, we are approaching mass extinction. No, we're not. No, we are not. And so this, again, this was a, a, a prime example of, of the foolishness of that worldview. Um, and it was worth a whole lot of laughs when it happened. Uh, so there was that. And then Saturday... Kanye came to Salt Lake City, which nobody had any idea about until Thursday night, I believe it was. I got the initial, um, maybe it was Friday night. One of those nights, I got a link through Facebook or something that said Kanye was coming to Salt Lake City to bring his Sunday service. And so I was really excited because, again, I've kind of been watching this. I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, is Kanye really saved? He's going through these things. He's doing these Sunday services. He's got, you can see in the picture, Kanye's there and he's got Adam Tyson, 
who is a reformed pastor, graduate of the master seminary, um, who is traveling with him apparently to preach at these Sunday service, uh, events that he's having. Um, and so I was excited to go check this out. I was going to be down in Salt Lake because it was general conference weekend. And what do I do when it's general conference weekend? I go down to the temple and I talk to Mormons and I preach, um, and I share the gospel of Jesus Christ, hoping that I can draw them away from the, the false gospel that they believe in. And so I, took a walk over and checked this out. I got there. I never once saw Kanye. The crowd was so huge. And I've always been a bad judge of, of numbers. I can't look at a crowd and go, well, I think there's that many people. I count the people at church. And even when I stand back and guesstimate and then I actually count, I'm always wrong. So I figured it was two to 3,000 people. The official figures came out uh, through the news today that it was seven to 10,000 people were out as a gateway in Salt Lake City to watch this event. And the funny thing is, is I'm looking for videos on YouTube. I took some video, but again, and Kanye is nowhere in any of my videos. I'm, I'm looking at the backs of people um, walking through the crowd and stuff like that. I will put those videos up on YouTube, and I'm going to do, like I said, I'm going to do a Master's Dog uh, podcast on this, this topic, uh, go a little more in-depth. Um, but last week on this podcast, I talked about um, Kanye and whether or not he's truly saved and what what does it look like? Um, maybe I actually did a, the master's dog on. I don't remember. I did a podcast talking about Kanye um, and my opinion was I'm skeptical. I'm going to stand back and I'm going to watch. Uh, so going here and listening and hearing this, I am far more convinced that Kanye is really, truly saved, um, that God has regenerated him, that, that he's truly a believer, repentant, put his trust in Jesus, and now we just kind of, I don't envy the, the fishbowl that this dude has to live in. Um, everybody's watching him, and if everybody was watching me when I was a new believer, people probably wouldn't believe that I was a true Christian either. Um, I mean, I can tell some stories of things that I did that were absolutely ridiculous after I got saved. So, um, so again, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm so encouraged after being here and we'll get a little more in depth into it, uh, probably tomorrow or the next day when I can really sit down rested and do a full master's dog podcast on the, on the event and let you guys know what happened. But, uh, just as an update from last week, I'm a believer that Kanye is a believer. I'm no longer a skeptic, but I will continue. I'm not like going to jump on the bandwagon and go, yay, Kanye is our spokesman now. No, Kanye has shown some wisdom in the fact that he has another pastor that is doing the main preaching at these events. And then Kanye did pray at the end and got all the videos are like Kanye rants and defends his being a Trump supporter and da da da. It was it was a pretty interesting time, but some of the things that Kanye said are the things that I'm that convinced me that I don't have to be skeptical. I have no reason to doubt that he is actually saved. Now I just have to pray for him that he can stay the course, um, glorify God, and stand up in the uh, the under the magnifying glass that he's going to be under for the next 
who knows how long before people are just kind of step back and go, okay, Kanye is who Kanye is, and he's he's a Christian, and and okay, we'll we'll go with that. But he still, I know that he's going to get, uh, he's going to be um, blasted by the left. He's going to be blasted by the right. You know, he's still married to a Kardashian whose stepdad is. Uh, a dude that thinks he's a, a, a woman and all the things and it's going to come from both sides and my again my opinion if we're going to have a well-balanced Christian worldview is we need to look at him and go this is our brother we need to pray for him we need to pray that God will sustain him but then we we, we have no reason to doubt at this point, unless he does something and starts preaching some kind of heresy, bringing, you know, Joel Osteen or uh, Creflo Dollar or T.D. Jakes into the mix, then we might have some things to say about it. But right now, he's got a solid theological pastor that is preaching. He's probably getting some really good discipleship from Adam. And he the gospel is being preached. So whether he's truly a Christian or not, God is moving the heart of Kanye West to have these events where thousands of people are coming into a place to hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit will, will use that. I talked to a guy and I, I, I was going to just save this for the Master's Dog podcast, but I'll, I'll mention him a little bit here. I talked to a young man, um, probably early 20s, uh, been involved in gangs his whole life, named Ramon, uh, and he was visibly affected. I could see in his countenance that God was doing something through the message that Adam preached. And we talked for about 10 minutes. We talked to him a little bit more about the gospel and, and salvation and what that looks like and what repentance looks like. Um, and then we prayed together. I, no, I didn't pray the sinner's prayer with him. I don't do that. But I prayed for him and prayed that God would give him wisdom and show him and draw him. And told him, you go home and you repent. It's you and God. I'm not going to to pray a prayer and have you follow me. That's not. That's nowhere found in scripture. I don't pray a sinner's prayer and go, well, there you go. There's your ticket. Here you go. Right? No, I encourage them to go read scripture. I asked him if he had a Bible. He said he had one. Um, I said, go read the book of John. Read the gospel of John. Um and then pray and repent and put your trust in Jesus. And so if you would join me with pray, in praying for Ramon as well, um, and there were a few other people that I talked to, I'll, I'll get more into that um, when we do the Master's Dog. But I'm encouraged. I'm very encouraged that we have a new brother in Christ. His name is Kanye West. Um, and now we I just encourage you to, to pray for him because he's putting himself out there. Um, and, and he's doing it wisely. I, I truly believe he's doing it wisely, but he still needs prayer because he's going to come under attack from all different directions. And he needs people holding him up. Pray for Adam Tyson as well, the pastor that is out there preaching these things, and pray for the choirs and all the people involved, that God will continue to be glorified through what they're doing and that they'll be protected from the enemy's attacks. And uh, so, you know... That's it. It's an encouraging thing to see, um, to have been out there and to have been a part of. So I'm excited. Uh, hopefully Kanye is going to continue on and stay the course. And hopefully he will do what I ask you to do all the time. And that is preach the gospel at all times. 
use words because they are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.